Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, you're listening to The Future of Media Explained. With me, Press Gazette, Editor-in-Chief, Dominic Ponsford. And this week, we're trying to learn all about how to make readers pay for online local news. And joining me in the studio this week, we have Press Gazette's data reporter, Aisha Majid. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Dom. It's great to be back. It's great to have you here because you probably know as much, if not more, about the data when it comes to paywalls and who's reading news in the UK. Is anyone else in existence, I'm going to say? Well... You're smiling. The thing is that, as we know, it's it's difficult, it's notoriously difficult to set up a paywall for local news in the UK. And there's definitely far more success stories in the US. The numbers in the UK are much smaller. We don't have any LA Times kind of success stories. We're looking at sort of 500,000 paid up digital subscribers or anything like that. This is just much, much more complicated. I've got a mental pie chart in my head and I'm thinking of all the revenue that regional newspapers make in the UK, which I'm guessing is in, is probably in the order of maybe a billion pounds a year nowadays. And I've got like a big chunk of that pie being print sales. I can see a bigger chunk of the pie being print and online advertising. And I think there's probably like a tiny sliver of that revenue pie is online subscriptions. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's definitely correct. And I would say that the case for almost everybody. There are some success stories out there, emerging success stories. We've spoken before to DC Thompson. They've got some of the biggest numbers in the UK. They told us last year they had 25,000 paid digital subscribers, which is impressive for their local title in Scotland. Press on Journal, isn't it, the far yeah. north? Yeah, and then there's also, there are a few other success stories among them. The Manchester Mail, obviously a much smaller publication. And then you've got people like Highland News and Media as well. And they're their local publisher in Scotland. They've seen some good growth. And obviously today we're going to be talking to the Belfast Telegraph. But yes, you're right. These are the majority of revenue is still print or online advertising. Yeah, so the Manchester Mail is interesting. That they've got a sort of few thousand subscribers across a few different titles 
in the north of England, so the Manchester Mills one, and there's a couple of other titles as well. And it's a, it's enough to pay a few people an okay wage to do professional local journalism, but no way is it enough to really support an industry. But like you say, there are the, yeah there are some success stories out there, and I, it's fair to say we're seeing more of them, an increasing number of them. And yeah, you mentioned the Belfast Telegraph, and I know that's our main interview for today. So why are we speaking to them? The Belfast Telegraph, they've built up 8,500 paid digital subs already. They launched their paywall in 2020, a couple of years ago. So we'll hear more about that from them. But it's interesting. They're not the only publication in their market with a digital paywall, but they've managed to make a success of it so far. Obviously, it's still early days. And they're growing, but they've got they've got ambitions there. Yeah, I'm always interested in Belfast because you've got the newsletter there, you've got the Bell Tell, you've got the Irish News, and then you've got pretty strong BBC local news contingent there as well. So there's quite a lot of options out there. So I think, like you say, if they're making it work or making a go of it, then it's very encouraging for other publications who, who want to have a crack at persuading people to pay for local news as well. Absolutely. So not to 8,500 online subscribers, pretty impressive, from the Bell Tell, makes them certainly one of the biggest paywalled online news websites in the UK. How do they do it? So I asked Edward McCann, the Director of Publishing at Media House Island, Belfast Telegraph's owner, how they got there and what the journey was like. We have about 1,500 subscribers at the moment, paying subscribers, and that's quite an achievement. As you said, we launched in May 2020, and before that, we hadn't had a subscription strategy. So initially, we exceeded expectations. It was in the middle of COVID as well. And I suppose some people thought that it was mad to launch at such a time, an uncertain time, but I suppose luck favors the brave, and we overachieved against our target in 2020 and by the middle of 2021 we probably had about four over 4,000 subscribers so we've doubled that number in the intervening period we're, pr we're pretty pleased with the results so far and what drove your decision to launch the paywall at the time that you did I suppose there's a couple of aspects to it number one survival we know in the newspaper industry that um Revenues from print are declining year on year, so we needed to create an alternative source of income. But as well, I think for us, it was about putting value in our journalism. And as I said, fundamentally, it's about paying for journalism is a fundamental principle for us. And we believed our journalism was worth paying for. And in terms of your journey, I mean, you mentioned a couple of milestones along along the way. Has it been a sort of steady climb or have there been certain big stories or events that have suddenly boosted your numbers? COVID, like a lot of publishers, was a big, big news event for us. And I think it showed the power of local news. There was a thirst for knowledge locally in, in Northern Ireland with the Belfast Telegraph, obviously operating in Northern Ireland. That was it difficult period where we had to, we have a power sharing administration at Stormont in Northern Ireland and it had collapsed for a period of years and then it came back again in the middle of COVID. But there was fundamental disagreements between the parties over what strategy to take. And I suppose the two main parties, one representing the unionist community generally and one representing the nationalist community had different 
ideas about what way to proceed. And in simple terms, the DUP, the Unionist Party, looked more towards London and Sinn Féin, the Nationalist Party, looked more towards Dublin and the different approaches that were carried out there. And so there was a lot of confusion, I think, in Northern Ireland. And yeah, that not, people just were very keen to get that local knowledge around such an important. And subsequently, I think as well, last year, it's worth mentioning the assembly elections in Northern Ireland were a massive event for us. We achieved our highest traffic since we launched the paywall in May 2020. So that, that, that was a big event for us as well. In general, do sort of political stories, stories like, do they do best for you in attracting new digital subscribers or is there other kind of content that does well for you? I think yeah, politics is a unique selling point for the Belfast Telegraph. And if you look at the market in Northern Ireland, there's, there's strong news brands in Northern Ireland, but I suppose we have readers from all communities in Northern Ireland and we don't just have readers from one community. So I think that is a unique selling point, getting that balanced view of politics in Northern Ireland. But as well, I think, I suppose with politics in Northern Ireland as well, it's changed quite a lot in recent times. And in the assembly election, I suppose previously in Northern Ireland, it was seen as two communities and suddenly we have three communities effectively. So there's more of a middle ground as well. And I think we appeal across all those communities and we would get readers from everywhere there. It's often said it's notoriously hard to launch digital paywalls in UK local press. And obviously, as you mentioned, the political situation there might have been helped you in that. But are there other reasons why you think you've been probably one of the relatively few sort of success stories so far? I'm biased, but obviously I would say it's because of the quality of our journalism. And we took a conscious decision at the time to invest in journalism. And it's, I suppose, no coincidence then that people are willing to pay for that journalism. Was it, I think ultimately, and it's a, it's a maybe sounds simplistic, but if you want people to pay for journalism, you have to invest in it and you have to give them something worth paying for. And I know for a lot of publishers, that's difficult. And we all know the challenges that they face across the UK regional publishers. But I think it's, um, it's a balance that needs to be struck. You can't just cut costs all the time and expect then people to pay for your journalism. Hi, I'm Anoush, and I host the New Statesman podcast. Twice a week, we get under the skin of Westminster to help understand what's going on and what's going to happen next. We interview politicians, policymakers, and people on the front line to get you the full story behind the headlines. Plus, hear from our award-winning editorial team, including political editor Andrew Marr, to get to the bottom of what on earth is happening. Listen to the New Statesman podcast. You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. In your case, has it helped to have a big publisher like Media House behind you in that? Yeah, Media House taking over was transformational for us. They have successful subscription businesses already in Belgium and the Netherlands across a spectrum of publications, including local news outlets. So it's in the DNA of Media House. They expect people to pay for journalism when they bought the, what was previously independent news and media, the parent company of the Belfast Telegraph, we had no paywalls. 
in, in our titles on the island of Ireland. Within a year, we'd launched the paywalls across two publications, the Irish Independent and the Republic of Ireland and the uh, Belfast Telegraph in, in Northern Ireland. And are there specific sales strategies that you use to sell subscriptions? Is there anything that works very well or not work that you've learned along the way? I think. One brave decision I think we took away initially was that we had a hard paywall. We didn't put any offers in place. We just said, this is what the value of the journalism is and we expected people to pay that. And maybe we even surprised ourselves a bit when people did pay, pay for it. I suppose as the years have gone on and the intervening period, as with a lot of publishers, there's been a bit of subs subscription fatigue, especially following the end of the COVID lockdowns and hopefully we're at the end of the COVID pandemic. but. Once that we saw, yeah, there's maybe a flat lining. We have introduced offers for for subscriptions, and currently, for example, it would be half price, so it's one, one pound per week for to subscribe, or one fifteen for the premium plus offer. So we are reactive. We have to look. We're always looking at data and what our readers are saying and our audience is saying, and yeah, we would be reactive to. Them. And are you obviously churn rate is something that obviously is a concern for all publishers. Are you happy with that? And what kinds of things do you do to try and minimize that and retain your subscribers? We are reasonably happy. Obviously, it's a challenge and there's no silver bullet in a way. And yeah, it would be, don't think it would be necessarily truthful to say that we're having it easy in that regard. But I think we've been, we are on target in terms of churn and counteracting churn. I suppose the fear would be, for example, when we've had special offers that once people come out of those special offers that then they don't renew their subscription, but we haven't necessarily found that. And I think a key aspect of that for us has been, we set up a customer care team in our offices in Belfast. And they work across our two subscription sites on the island of Ireland, the Irish Independent and the Belfast Telegraph, but they're very proactive and reactive in dealing with customers and having that interaction day in, day out is, I think, in large degree, our, our success in terms of churn is attributable to them. And then in, in any way, have you had to, or have you thought about changing the types of stories that you cover to attract subscribers or, or to retain them? Or have you always in the same, the same kind of journalism? No, I think it would be fair to say that we have focused more on quality journalism, going back to the point that you want to produce stories that are worth paying for. And we have invested in the newsroom. We've had hires, for example. Sam McBride, who was, is a well-known journalist in Northern Ireland who worked for a rival publisher. He, we hired him and he's our Northern Ireland editor. And we've hired Alison Morris from the Irish News and other talent, including, for example, from UTV as well, we hired Sharon O'Neill. But those journalists, and in addition to the great journalists we already have, I suppose they provide an exclusive content and content that you're not going to get elsewhere. And that's fundamental to the paywall. People are going to pay if they think they're not going to get it elsewhere. And you mentioned a bit earlier about, obviously, there are other publishers in Northern Ireland that also sell digital subscriptions. And you spoke a bit about how you stand out from the competition and other titles. Are there other sort of specific things that you do to distinguish yourself? I don't think we're unduly concerned about what our rivals are doing. As said, there's very strong news brands in Northern Ireland. It's a very competitive market and the news brands successful, whether it's in the indigenous titles like the Irish News or the newsletter, they're very successful in their own regard, but they would tend to be to play to a 
particular community. The Belfast Telegraph tends to be more cross-community. And then in relation to subscriptions specifically, it's the Irish News. They're quite successful in that regard. And we also have to deal with rivals in the UK, the wider market. So it's not just the titles in Northern Ireland. You would also have titles from the Republic of Ireland, titles from Great Britain as well. So yeah, it's a competitive market, but I don't think we would as said, I don't think we unduly concern ourselves with what others are up to. We have to be confident in our own strategy, I suppose. Are there any sort of other regional or, or local sort of paywall publishers, whether that's in the UK or elsewhere, that you look to for inspiration? To be honest, we would probably look more toward within the group. So we would look, for example, to Belgium, Het Newsblatt or Hazette van Antwerp and their papers based in Antwerp and they would be in terms of the demographics and like for quite similar and they've had a successful subscription strategies that would be more where we look but at the same time there are differences I wouldn't underestimate those as well and Belgium, the market in Belgium for example has a tradition of print subscriptions and 90% maybe of their print sales and some of the titles are print subscri- are subscribers so um, unfortunately, we don't have that luxury in, in with the Belfast Telegraph where most of the print buyers are single copy buyers. And in terms of your digital subscription strategy, do you have an ultimate goal, for example, in terms of perhaps the share of revenue or a number of digital subscribers that you're hoping to get? I think in the short to medium term, our goal would be to have more paying digital subscribers than we have people buying the print editions of the newspapers. So that would be our short to medium term goal. Ultimately, though, it's about making a contribution to the group as a whole and making the Belfast Telegraph, I suppose, a healthy business effectively and getting the requisite revenue just to keep producing the quality journalism year in, year out. And do you have, a, I guess, a date in mind for how long you're planning to have a daily newspaper? Since Is that something that's going to stay on the horizon for now? We have had discussions, as most newspaper publishers would have about this. And I know in some places they're already considering maybe, for example, stopping their print editions Monday to Friday. For us, certainly in the foreseeable future, we'll continue with the print editions that still bring substantial revenue and still a very loyal audience. Even, for example, we have 4,000 subscribers to our print edition to get it home home delivered every, every day. So they're very loyal audience and we'll continue to serve that audience for as, for as long as possible. And is there anything in store in the future in terms of your digital subscription strategy, anything that you're planning to change or, or do you plan to carry on as you have been doing so? I think to be, the process of constant change, to be honest. So even, I suppose, maybe it was slightly, when I'm saying that things have been steady in terms of growth, but I suppose when you open the bonnet, there's been a lot going on underneath that constant change in strategy, constant adaptation. I know, for example, we're looking, exploring options like a metered paywall or experimenting with that. And yeah, there's a constant ideas we have. In the group Media House, we have a North Star project as well, and a lot of there's a lot of experimentation, even on content ideas, and seeing what engages audiences better. So, yeah, it's a never-ending process, which is exciting as well. And uh, finally, I'd like to ask you: Are there any tips you'd share with other local titles in the UK that are looking to install or grow their number of digital subscribers? 
I think ultimately it's about having confidence in your journalism and, and I mean, that, that's it. If I had to sum it up, it's investing in journalism and having the confidence in that journalism because ultimately that's what people are paying for and all the other strategies are secondary to that because ultimately you have to have something that's worth paying for. I know for me, again, going back to the idea that what the strategy was originally, there was an analogy at the time that saying, our publisher at the time, he's now the CEO of Media House Ireland, said that what we were doing in terms of our digital journalism was it was like a bakery that was selling beautiful, tasty croissants and selling them for money out the front door and then giving them away for free out the back door. So for us, it's about we know the value of the journalism and we believe people should be willing to pay for that. Thanks for that, Aisha. Yeah, it's great to hear a regional press paywall success story and I hope there's going to be lots more but what do you think we can glean from that from the Belfast Telegraph and also because I know you've spoken to quite a few of these paywalled local publishers what seem to be the things that are working when it comes to building a local news website that people will pay for. I think one of the things that obviously Edward has spoken about and has come across in interviews with other paywalled local publishers in the UK or even the US that is that content is the number one thing You've got to have unique quality journalism something that people will will see as worth paying for given that there is a substantial amount of unpaywalled local news out there but other than that, there are other things. It's a bit of a catch-22 for local publishers that don't always have the resources, but investment, if you can invest, that's always very helpful, whether that's in marketing or building up your editorial team. There's no silver bullet, but those are a couple of the key things. And then I think it also helps where you're based. Obviously, it's much easier to do this in a in an urban area, in a city where you've got a bigger paying market. It's interesting, isn't it? It's Like you say, it starts with the content. And I think DC Thompson up in Aberdeen said a similar thing. It's a different content strategy, isn't it, from when you're free? And naming no names, but looking at some very high-traffic local news websites that I can think of, you feel people would be unlikely to pay for them because they're offering a sort of similar sort of content that you would get on Sun or The Mirror or any number of other sort of sites that are covering stuff going on social media and stuff that's involving celebrities. From what you're saying and from what you know, I'm discerning, it's about burrowing much deeper into local issues and providing must-read stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else about the things that people are really bothered about, like housing and education, crime, and the stuff that really matters to them in the way they live their lives locally. It's good to see some green shoots. So thanks for that, Aisha. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Except, Editor in Chief Donnie Ponsford, our data supremo, Aisha Majid, and expertly engineered, as always, by Adrian Bradley. You can read a lot more on regional paywalls on our website, pressgazette.co.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>